real high, say, this is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word. It's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. It is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And Father, we're expecting your word to pierce through any situation we may be going through today. We're expecting your word to fill us up. We're expecting your word to build us up in faith on the inside. And so as I step back, I thank you for the Spirit of God stepping up to minister life to your people. And I thank you in advance for signs, miracles, and wonders to follow our lives as a result of your word. And I give you thanks and praise for all that you're doing. In Jesus' mighty name, let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We're in our fourth lesson in a financial series entitled, I Give Up. Everybody say, I Give Up. Every year, like I've said over the last three weeks, I normally take the first part of the year to teach on kingdom giving and financial principles. Now, last week, we talked about the power of expectation. If you weren't here, I want to encourage you to go online and listen to the message because I believe it will activate expectation on the inside of you. Now, the lesson was understanding the role that expectation plays when it comes to our giving and our receiving. Everybody say giving and receiving. And one of the major points that I made was helping us see that our faith is incomplete without the ingredient of hope or the ingredient of expectation. And so the foundational verse that we use was found in Hebrews chapter 11 verses 1. And it says that faith is the foundation or substance. That's the word King, the King James used. Faith is the substance or the foundation or the support base of things that we hope for or expect. So without expectation, our faith has nothing to work with. Now today, our focus is going to be on how our seeds multiply after we sow them. Now, this message is going to be one of those messages you're going to rarely hear about. But the only way you're going to have faith for a harvest is that I have to teach it to you. So if you're taking notes, our lesson title is Faith for a Multiplied Harvest. Faith for a Multiplied Harvest. If you have your Bibles, I want you to find 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to start in verse 6. And then we're going to go over to Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 10. I'll say those again. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6. And then Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 10. Now, I want to jump right into 2 Corinthians 9. I love this particular uh, passage of Scripture. But what we're going to discover in the verse is what God promises us 
what he will do when you and I sow. So it says, and I'm reading out of the King James Version, but this I say, he who sows sparingly shall reap how? Sparingly. And he who sows bountifully shall reap how? Now, let me say this. I've never said it in the series, but I am going to say it, and it may irritate some of you all. But at the end of the day, the size of your seed does determine the size of your harvest. Come on, if you want to get past a $20 blessing, you got to give more than $20 to the Lord. Amen. I'll stay right there. I'll just move on. Just look at your neighbor and say, I want him to move on. I want him to move on. says in verse 7, every man according as he purposes in his heart, we talked about that, so let him give, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Verse 8, here's the promise now that God makes us after we become sowers or givers. And God is able to make all grace, say all grace, all grace grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Verse 9 says, As it is written, He has dispersed abroad, He has given to the poor, His righteousness remains forever. Verse 10, Now he that ministers seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and he multiplies, say multiply, he multiplies Your seed, what? Sown. He can't multiply seeds you keep. He multiplies your seed sown. And here's something that I really want to highlight. It says and. Everybody say and. Now and is a connecting word. It is a conjunction. If you grew up in my era, there was a, a, a show. Conjunction, junction. What's your function? That's right. See, that's all these old people in the room today. (laughs) Somebody said, I ain't old. I'm just aging. Well, praise God. Last week, I pointed out that our expectations should not be centered around our desires or what we've prayed for. Because a lot of times we make the focus of what we're desiring from God, what we've prayed for or our desires. But our expectations, watch this, should be in the promise that he has made us in his word. So now instead of pressuring people, I'm putting pressure on the promise he's made me in his word. Now here in 2 Corinthians 9, there's a promise that God makes us after we sow. And the promise is multiplication. Everybody say multiplication. Now before I point out, you know, what this is. And explain to you how it impacts us. I want to make sure that we understand what happens when we sow a seed. If you notice in verse 8 it says God is able to make all grace abound towards us. Notice he said all grace. That means there are different kinds of grace. Amen. He says he's able to make all grace. Not Watch this. Abound towards us. And remember the word grace also translates in the New Testament for the English word favor. So when he's saying he's causes all grace to abound toward us, what he's saying, he says, I'm going to set it up where favor abound towards you. Amen. 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 So now, this grace that he's talking about releases something. He said, 
It will cause all sufficiency in all things. So here's my point that I really want you to get. When you and I give, more than money comes back. I want you to open your heart up to favor because favor can take you places money can't get you. Amen. This, this, this past week, I had the opportunity. My pastor wanted me to, uh, attend, uh, uh, somewhere. He was speaking at a couple of places and he wanted me to come. And it's rare that he requests me to come. You know, a lot of times I'm requesting him, can I come? I'm hitching, hiking a ride. But this time he wanted me to come. So I had to make some adjustments and get there, right? And I'll never forget, uh, when I woke up, the second morning uh, of the trip, when I woke up, I thought, wow, what favor I have on my life. I woke up in a hotel that I didn't pay for. I flew on a private plane that wasn't even mine. Come on, somebody. That's favor right there. He said he would cause all favor. See, if you just box God in the money, you in trouble. Because you can have a lot of money and bad credit and they still ain't going to give you no house. Everybody say all favor. favor. Amen. So it's more than just money. Now watch verse 10. It says, now he that ministers seed to the sower. It's talking about God here and I'll prove it to you in just a second. But he both ministers bread for your food and he multiplies. Watch this. Your seed sown and... He increases the fruits of your righteousness. Now notice that God said he would multiply your seed sown, not the seed kept. Now the word multiply there, I want you to write it down. It means to increase and to abound. To increase and to abound. So what he's saying here is that God who ministers seed to the sower, both ministers bread for your food. And he increases and abounds your seed that's sown and increases the fruit of your righteousness. Here's a key statement that I want you to write down or think about. When you and I understand the purpose of multiplication, then we will see more of manifestation. I'm going to say it again. When you and I understand the purpose of multiplication, then you and I will experience more manifestation. In other words, he said here he will multiply our seed sown. But the problem with most of us, we don't understand. Say understand. We don't understand the purpose of why he's multiplying it. So watch this. When you and I understand the purpose of multiplication, then we will experience more manifestation. Watch verse 10. Because verse 10 explains the purpose of resource manif- uh, multiplication. Watch this. It says in verse 10 that he will minister seed to the soil, both bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and then increase the fruits of your righteousness. In other words, it's for us to increase our fruits of righteousness that he wants to multiply our seed. Let me say it this way. He wants us to increase the fruits of our righteous works. And that's why he wants to give us more. See, God promises us a harvest on a seed that's sown. But many people never see the full blown manifestation of their seed or their harvest. And it's because they don't understand the purpose of why God is wanting to multiply their resources. 
Most people think that God wants to multiply their resources just for them to live in a better house and drive a better car and have better stuff. And you know what? That's part of it, but that's not all of it. If you notice, it says that uh, he said that he will multiply our seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. In other words, I'm going to say it again. When you and I understand the purpose of multiplication, we will see more manifestation. And see, this is why I tell people the secret to more is giving. You know, there's a scripture in the Old Testament that says there is one who scatters. But yet he increases. And then there is one who holds on more than what they should and it tends to poverty. I mean, you would think the other way around is the best where the more you hold on to, the more you have. No, that's, listen, in the kingdom it works differently. So here's my question. What happens when a person experiences multiplication and manifestation if they don't understand the purpose of it? Well, go to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Because what happens a lot of times when believers are struggling financially, they get into a church like this where God is destined you to prosper. I mean, if you just do half of what I'm teaching you, your life's going to change. I mean, just half. If you just do, just touch your neighbor and say, you just need to, if you did half, if you did half of what I'm teaching you, your life would change. So what happens when a person experiences multiplication and increase and not understand the purpose of it? Well, it explains it in Deuteronomy chapter 8. He says in verse 10, when you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he's given you. Verse 11, he says, but beware that you forget not the Lord your God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I command you this day. Verse 12, he says, unless when you are eaten and you're full and you have built good houses, And have dwelt in them. And when your herds and your flocks are multiplied. When you have more than just one vehicle now. You and your wife used to have to share a ride. See that was way before they talked about the share ride concept now. You were sharing a ride because you didn't have number one. He says, lest you have eaten and a fool, you've built good houses, you've dwelled in them. And when your herds and your flocks are multiplied and your silver and your gold is multiplied, now you got money in the bank. Your car break down, you don't have to pray no more. You don't have to pray. You just go and get it fixed and pay for it. See, before then, before now, your car broke down. Boy, you started out praying. Lord, I need you now. I need you. Every hour, I need you. Because you know you didn't have the money to get your car fixed. But now you don't even have to pray. Amen. When your gold and your silver is... Watch this. Notice it says multiply. There's that word. And you have... And all that you have have what? Multiply. Let's see what happens when you have this, this, this abundance state. He says, then your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord thy God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt, which brought you out of renting and now you're on. 
from the house of bondage, who led you, watch this, through that great and terrible wilderness wherein there were fiery scorpions and serpents and a drought and there was no water, who brought you water out of the rock of the flint, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers knew not. That, that he might humble you, that he might prove you that you do good in your latter end. Watch verse 17. He says, and you say in your heart, it's my power. It's my might. It's my education. My hand has gotten me this wealth. He said, but you shall remember, say remember. See, he was telling them this because when you get more than what you need, there's a tendency now to forget. One of the signs of forgetfulness of you trusting and depending on God is your lack of thankfulness. Amen. He said, listen, you shall remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that gives you the power to get wealth. And here is why. So he can establish his covenant, which he swore by his fathers. Now, listen. When you and I forget the purpose of increase, there are three things that happen. You can write these down. Number one, we become selfish. Number two, we become self-centered. And number three, we become self-dependent. I'm going to say those again. When you and I forget the purpose of why God blesses us with increase, we become selfish, self-centered, and self-dependent. Now, verse 17 says that or proves it because he says, we say in our heart, my power and my might and my hands have gotten me this wealth. Now, I like the way the New Testament says this because the New Testament describes this forgetting as a shift in trust. Write down 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. This is what it says. Charge those that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded. Watch this. Nor trust in uncertain riches, but they trust in the living God who gives us richly all things to what? Enjoy. God don't want it all, but he don't want you to keep it all either. Verse 18 says, these are the rich people he's talking to, that they do good. Because here's the purpose of money. Here's the purpose of resources. Here's the purpose of increase. That they be rich in what? Good works. Ready to distribute, willing to communicate. So the purpose of multiplied resources or for me and you to continue to do righteous works with it. And this is what the world needs to see in believers. Jesus put it like this. Let your light so shine before me. And I'm going to stop there because we, we misunderstood the light for years. When I was in the Presbyterian church, they used to make us sing this song every Christmas. They would put us on these little bitty, I don't even know what they were. They looked like robes that were for four-year-olds. And we sang this song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Oh, this little light of mine. Come on, sing it. I'm going to let it shine. Oh, oh, let it shine, let it shine. Okay, before some of y'all backslide. (laughs) 
What exactly is your light shining? See, most people mistaken that as, oh, it's my spirit shining. It's how much Bible I know. It's me walking in the office with that five pound white family Bible with the pictures of Jesus on the inside of it. No. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men. Watch this. So that they can see your good works and glorify God, which is in heaven. Your light shining is you doing good works. Amen. And that's what the world needs to see. And there are two things that you and I should be doing while God is behind the scenes multiplying. See, because what you don't see is that while you're waiting, God is working. He said he was going to multiply our seed. So that miracle offering that you and I have been given this month, when you put it in the ground, he start working. Amen. So here's the first thing you and I need to do while God's behind the scene working. Look now in verse 10 in 2 Corinthians 9. Go back to 2 Corinthians 9. And I'm going to read this out of the Living Bible. Watch what it says. For God who gives seed to the farmer to plant and later on good crops to harvest and eat, he will give you, watch this, more and more seed to plant and will make it grow, watch this, so that you can give away more and more fruit from your harvest. So here's the first thing that you and I need to do is that we need to put patience on while our faith is being built. When you put seed in the ground, the Bible describes it as seed, time, and harvest. See, we want to skip the time part. Now go to Hebrews 6. We're almost done here. Hebrews chapter 6. Look in verse 12. I want to show you that you got to make patience your friend. And if you are a tied-in member of this church, there's a part of your life that's a late bloomer. See, most of my life, I'm a late bloomer. Everything seemed like it was late. And see, to, to your friends, you look like you're getting married late. But now you in God's season, not theirs. Amen. I was 5'5 five, five in the 10th grade. I was five foot five in the 10th grade. I am currently six foot four inches. I graduated from high school no taller than five nine. So I went from five nine to six four in college. Everybody say that's a late bloomer. When I got to college, I'll never forget. I didn't have to shave for the first time until I was a senior in college. I, the only reason I shaved, I had a little fuzz right here. I just, I had to go for an interview. And so for the first time, I had to shave. Everybody said, that's a late bloomer right there. <laughs> Amen. I went to corporate America and worked for years before I went to Bible school. When I got to Bible school, all of the students there were 16 and 17 years old. I was the age of some of the teachers. I went to Bible school late. I went to Bible school later. Everybody say, that's a late bloomer. Then God tells me when I'm 27 years old that I'm going to be a pastor one day. I didn't start till I was 40. I must have been in spiritual special ed because that shows a long time. That's a long time.
Everybody say, that's late blooming right there. I started pastoring when I was 40, and then my wife and I decided we need a second child. Well, I didn't have land in my second child till I was 45. Everybody say, that's late blooming right now. That's real late blooming right there. We started church and don't do our first building until 13 years later. Everybody said, that's late blooming right there. But see, what it looks like to men that you're late means that you're in season with God. Watch verse uh, 12. It says, be not slothful, but followers of those who through, watch this, faith and patience inherit the promises. Listen, just follow me. I'll take you to the promised land. Watch verse 13. For when God made a promise to Abraham... Because he could not swear by no greater, he swore by himself. Watch verse 14. Saying, Abraham, surely blessing I will bless you. And multiplying, there's that word, multiplying I will multiply you. Watch what happens in verse 15. And so, after Abraham had what? Patiently endured, what happened? He obtained the promise. While you are waiting, God is working. I'm going to tell the story because I have to. The six acres of land that we're building on. We weren't the first church to buy it. When I bought the, when we bought the 14 acres on the front that has 360 as a, as a frontage, God put in my heart that we were going to own the six acres connected to the 14. They were owned by two different people. So I approached the family to buy the six acres. But they not only own the six there, they own eight uh, uh, right next to it. So they wanted to sell the whole 14. I didn't want to buy the whole 14 because the other eight was not really good. Not to build something. And so we negotiated, negotiated, and they just did not want to separate the six acres from the eight. So I said, okay, I'm going to have to give them some time and wait them out. Well, while I was waiting, I get a phone call from the broker. While I'm waiting, remember what did I say? While we're waiting, God is what? God is working. And sometimes, because we don't see God working, it looks like he ain't working. In fact, sometimes when we don't see God working, we see the enemy working. But you got to remember, if God is for you, who can be against you? So I get a call from my broker, uh, Pastor Connor. You know that six acres you were trying to buy? I was like, yeah. He says, there's another church getting ready to buy it. I said, what? I said, do you have the pastor's name? He said, yeah. I said, well, give me the phone number. So I decided I was going to call this pastor and let him know that the acreage that he was looking at buying, we owned the frontage because we didn't put a sign up there. So I'm thinking, okay, he don't even know we own the front. So I called this pastor up. I said, hey, Pastor so-and-so, this is Pastor Connery, Word of Truth Family Church. And he says, I know who you are. And I'm thinking, this is not going to go good. This is, this is already going backwards right here. This is not going good. This is not going to be a kingdom conversation. I see that right now. He says, I know who you are. I said, well, you know, the six acres that you have under contract and you're looking at buying, I said, you know, we were looking at that for an extension of our property because we own that 14 acres on the front end, on the front part. He said, well, look like we're going to be neighbors. 
Man, I boy, how many know, uh, how many know coffee throwing spirit came on me? It came on me. I had to rebuke it. I rebuke it. I rebuke it in Jesus name. No, 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 no. The devil talks to you. Throw the coffee on him. Don't do it. Throw the coffee on him. Don't do it. So this guy buys the property. Now I'm upset. Here's why I'm upset. Because there was a building that was an empty grocery store that was available at the time that I wanted to buy. I went in there. I took Pastor Che. I took our builder. I said, you know what? We can take this grocery store. And it can't be something long term because there's no parking, no extra land. What we can do is just stop setting up and breaking down. And we'll just temporarily grow in that place. And then we'll outgrow it and we'll build our new building while we're in a semi-permanent building. Sound like a great idea? I get home. I say, Lord. What are we going to do with that building? He said, don't mess with it. It ain't yours. I said, what? Don't mess with it. It's not yours. Well, you know my next question. Well, whose is it? Because I'm not happy right now. And man, I'm telling you, I was happy. I, I mean, I was mad. I was mad. And I stood on that thing for like two weeks. I know the Lord's voice. Now, he told me not to mess with it. And so I didn't mess with it. And finally, he said, Evan, what's the verse you're standing on? I said, well, you said you was going to plant us in a place of our own and move no more. He said, would you have to move if you moved into that building? I said, yeah, then it ain't yours. I said, thank you for the rebuke, Lord. I appreciate that. (laughs) Two years go by. Everybody say, while I'm waiting, God is still working. And so uh, uh, I get a call from the same broker, Pastor Connor. You know that six acres you were interested in? I said, yeah. He said, well, that, that church that bought it, the family wants to know, because see, the family financed it for the church. The family wants to know if you're still interested because the church is eight months behind on the note. How many know I said I'm interested? I didn't even come and ask y'all. I said, no, nah, we, we all interested. I spoke on behalf of all of us. We are interested. So for the first time, because I'm a, you have to understand, I'm a business person first and I'm a pastor second. I hate to put it like that, but, but that's, that's the, that's the genealogy of my background. Okay. I was a business person before I was a pastor. So that's how I think. I do business from my head. I do ministry from my heart. I hardly ever separate the two. I mean, put the two together. So in this situation, though, I felt led to pray and ask the Lord how much you want to sell. Cause they wanted to sell the land for $450,000. I said, Lord, how much you want us to pay for that land? He said, I want you to pay $325,000. And I was, I was like, are you kidding me, Lord? That was like, what is that, $150,000 off? What is that? How much? $175,000? No, that's more than $75,000. minus four, $450,000. Y'all need to go back to school. I know that. <laughs> $125,000. And I said, Lord, that's too much. That's too much off. He didn't say nothing. See, once the Lord speaks, he like E of Hutton. You just need to be quiet. So, so we, you know, the broker came to me. He says, Pastor Evan, uh, this is before I had prayed about it. He said, Pastor, what do you want to offer? I said, well, I don't know yet. Let me pray about it. And he said, how long do you need? This was on a Friday. I said, you can call me back on Monday. It don't take me long to hear from the Lord. And uh, so over the weekend, the Lord told me 325000 So Monday rolls around. And uh, I don't want to call this guy because the, the Lord's price is too low. <laughs> so I skipped Monday. I didn't call him. I ain't calling him. 
So then he called me on Tuesday. I'm like, uh, I don't want to answer that phone. Decline. So then he called back. I'm like, I, I got to answer this. So I, I, he called me back. I said, he said, Pastor, what did the Lord say to you? <laughs> what did the Lord say to you? And I, I was, you know, kind of real quiet. I said, well, uh, you know, the Lord told me 325,000. All I heard was quiet. Hello? 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 His pastor, it's already a good price at 400. I said, I know that. You need to tell the Lord that. Because I'm out of time. I said, Lord. I said, well, 325,000. So we started negotiating with the family. I told him, he said, well, where do you want to start negotiating? I said, well, the Lord said 325. We might as well start at 300. <laughs> Come on now, you got to work your way up. We started negotiating. It was not working. It was not working. It was not working. But see, when it looked like it ain't working, God is working. So I sit there and finally, one day we was all on the phone and, and, uh, I said, no, we was all in a room. I said, I said, guys, listen, we all Christians. The only way this deal is going to work is if we all obey God. And God told me $325,000. Now they get upset with me, you know, like they don't hear from God. But see, they didn't ask. I did. I'm like, look, I, I heard from God. So finally, they was like upset. So they sent me an email. Pastor, if the Lord said $325,000, then you got to pay us cash. Ooh. Y'all feel that draft, that draft? That, that, I felt that draft. What? I wasn't ready to do that. I wasn't ready to do it. So I said, okay. I said, Lord, what are we going to do? You the one now. See, I'm putting it back on him. I'm like, Adam, you the one that told me 325000 Now what are we going to do? He said, Evan, you're going to write the check. I said, but Lord, I don't want to pay all that money. Evan, write the check. Now here's here's the point I'm making. Patience, you got to work on that. Patience, you got to work on it when it comes to your, your when you give your harvest. God is multiplying. Don't abort the process. Two years prior, had they had two years prior to that, we had to pay cash. We wouldn't have had it. So what God did, He let somebody else buy the land, hold on to it for us. Long enough for us to have the cash in the bank. And that's why we're able to build this building because we're building on land that didn't have a balance. Until you understand how, listen, uh, there was another piece to this message. So I'm going to try to get to it in the second service. Did y'all get something today? Give the Lord a hand clap if you did. All right. With every head in the bow and every eye closed, if you need salvation today, if you need to rededicate your life, 